0: Well, hello, everybody. Some of you are like, I'm glad you introduced me because one time I was at a church and somebody introduced me and you guys would have been like, wow, Pastor Justin changed. Some things done went on. He done got a tan or something. Something went on. <laughs> well, good morning. I see a lot of unfamiliar faces. As uh, my brother said, I'm Pastor Jason. I am the East Michigan uh, Director of Youth for Christ East Michigan. East Michigan. Um, that means I get to spend time with students in our area. I'm actually a local missionary from here at Evident Church. you your guys giving um, help support us to reach out in our schools. And some of you are sitting there thinking, like, we haven't had school in 15 months. I'm going to get to that in a minute, okay? So just stay with me. We're going to talk through that. But it is my honor to be here to share in God's Word. And uh, i gotta, I got to tell you, and, and for those that are at home watching, hi, right, or hi. Because you always forget about the at-home. You're sitting there with your coffee. Yeah, I know. You didn't pour us none. It's okay. We're going to be all right. But let's, can we give them a hand? Everybody say amen. Amen. Yeah. We're all one big happy family, right? Also, I wanna take this time to honor um, any that are I- at home or, or here that have served in the military uh, and, and just made it possible for us to be here. It has laid the foreground as we celebrate Memorial Day. So we could put our, if there's anybody who's been in the military, veteran, served, if you could stand, if you won't, won't mind, I promise I won't call you on stage. Anybody, anybody? I'm sure there's like 50. Here's one, we got one, two, can we put three? Come on, you guys can do it. Do it at home, two claps. We honor you, and thank you so much for your service. Um, I, I, I'm that guy who, when it comes to a holiday, I never like to forget why we celebrate what we celebrate. It's very, very important. So if you want to open your Bibles, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 27, uh, 46 verses. Don't worry. I'm not going to read them all. I know you've got lunch plans. I got it. You can invite me, too. I like to eat, okay? I'm just saying. Um, Genesis chapter 27, verses 1 through 46, and then also chapter 33, verse 4. That's my focus Verse. Um, and if you want to title this, if you're that type of person, you like to put notes in your phone, you like to write down notes, the title of this message is Blessings Buried in the Broken Pieces, okay? Blessings Buried in the Broken Pieces, um, If you were, last time I preached was actually back in January. It was really, really cold. Some of you remember that. It's so funny because whenever I come to preach, either I got a t-shirt on or I got this much hair, I got that much hair, I got no, it's just weird. But it it was also, I actually preached a message called The Battle and the Blessing. If you, anybody here for that sermon? Okay, all right. Was it okay? No, I'm just joking. Anyway, (laughs) um, it was just an amazing time. And God grabbed me uh, with this, this broken pieces analogy and how, you know, literally for the last 16 months, We've dealt with brokenness. Amen. You could say amen today. I'm going to need some reciprocation. You guys, you guys slept a little bit later, so you're good, right? You're good? You're good. Didn't bring me no coffee, but that's all right. Pick me up some later. Tim Hortons, four and three, four sugar, three cream later on. Somebody, somebody's going to bring that to me. Watch. It's going to happen. Anyway, um, I preached that message, and God just kept furthering um, this, this being a blessing in brokenness. And um, some time ago, I actually had to quarantine Uh, because I'd had contact with a student who had COVID. Praise God, I didn't get COVID. But um, I had to quarantine for two weeks. And the worst thing to happen to a pastor is being quarantined in a house and I'm a people person, as you guys can tell. With nobody else to talk to, I was talking to plants. My wife got annoyed. She wanted to work extra hours. She was like, "Just enough." And you know, my six-year-old was like, "Dad, stop talking." Stop. So I just started writing and started writing. And, and even in preparation for this message, hasn't it been interesting as we come through whatever brokenness our culture has faced with COVID and with all this going on in our world? We don't really know what to do. Have you guys had that awkwardness of going into a store? Do I have it up? Do I have it down? right? Do I shake hands? Do I fist bump? Do I, I'm a hugger, and you go like this, and it just feels awkward, and you're kind of standing there, and they're standing there, and then you just kind of shuffle around each other, and it's just crazy, right? And this is the the reality of what we've dealt with the last 16 months, but even in that brokenness, God is teaching us. I love Pastor Josh, Josh, and if you're watching over there, over there, over there, three cameras, if you're watching, we love you. Can we put our hands together for our pastor, Pastor Josh Hosler? He is one of the most gifted encouragers that I've ever met. You know, and Pastor Josh has a subtle giftedness with that. Now, you know how some people are encouragers, and they're like, hey, you know, I'm cheering you on, I'm at your game. But Pastor Josh always calls me right at the right time. And literally right when I got the news that I was going to have to quarantine for 14 days, he gives me a call, and he goes, so how's it going? <laughs> well, you know me, I got a lot to say. You know, I had this event scheduled, I had this, I had this. And he was like, so... You going to be okay with that? I mean, he's so like, I'm like, dude, does anything ever rattle you? But, you know, it's so awesome to have people like that in our life that don't get rattled. And some of you are those people. Anybody the people that get rattled all the time, raise your hand. Come on, we're all together. I know. Can we pray for each other? Like, seriously, I get rattled. Like, seriously, I look at the weather. I got rattled this week in the weather. How can we be, wait, 90 on Tuesday? And I'm fighting with the thermostat on Friday. Come on, y'all. Anybody been with me? Some of y'all listen. See, listen, I, w- I was like, I, I don't want to turn it on, but I do, but I don't, I got 15 blankets, but I don't, and my, my kid's like shivering, he's got icicles on his nose, but I don't, but I do, but, and I, I did, I did, some of you are like, I can't believe, it. I did, it was cold, what you want me to do, right, but, but it's just, we live in this crazy world of brokenness, of people who don't know what to say, and what to do, and honestly, if we're honest with ourselves, coming through, and notice I didn't say coming out of, because we don't know what's next, so let's be cautious, Coming through all that we've been through this last little bit, it's really hard to see God sometimes. Anybody want to be honest and admit that? It's been hard. You're like, wow, a pastor just shook his hand and or raised his hand and said it was hard to see God. It is sometimes. But we learn through practice that we can see God in the brokenness. And there's a lot of broken people out there. You know, I learned during that 14 days that I was off, when it comes to board games, I, I'm coming Thursday. Thursday, board, if you're at home, you need to come. You're like, well, I don't know, you're coming, good. Board games, and just to get together in fellowship, I learned that when it comes to Monopoly, I am a straight-up savage. I am not the one. Well, watch that. Like, literally, the, my, my six-year-old son, he won't play Monopoly with me. He's probably scarred for life. He needs therapy. I, he bought the green properties, and I'm like, uh-uh. You're going down, Right? Right, you're going down. I bought a park place in Boardwalk, put up a couple hotels, got that rent. Right, and I was, like, serious about it. I'm like, like, <laughs> like, really? But, but I learned, and, I loved, and we, we, play, we played Risk, and we played, sorry, and all those games. And isn't it interesting how our life got simplified? You guys, right? Like, like literally, and, and I, I'm telling you guys a little bit. I want to lay the foundation. I'm telling you about myself because I want you to get it. Maybe it's just me, but I've gotten to that age. I'm in my 40s now, on that way to 50. I'm getting there that I had to call my dad and thank him for teaching me how to cut the grass. Because my dad never never let me cut it straight. Anybody been there? You got to do that diagonal too. You know what I'm talking about? And literally during quarantine, I'm out cutting the grass. I'm like, I have become my father. It happened. And then more than that, the edger didn't get it good enough. So why did I get a pair of scissors? Y'all pray for me now. Come on. I was out there trimming, making sure it was nice. Right? But, But the simple things. The simple things. Isn't it amazing that God can be found in those simple things, in those, the brokenness? There's a broken world out there that's grappling with this question. What do we do now? You've heard that word, we'll get back to normal. I, I struggle. Anybody struggle with that word normal? I don't even know what normal is anymore. Like when I see a person without a mask, I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know. Like I, don't, I didn't know they had a face under there. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> You know, it's, it's interesting that we've come into a time in our society where we don't know. Pastor Josh just preached an amazing series called All In and talking through as a church what it means to be all in. And all Being all in means there's going to be change. Everybody say change. change. It's okay. Change is okay. We, anybody struggle with change? I do. One thing's out of place. That's not supposed to be that way. I pulled up this morning, right, and I saw the barn was gone. I said, like, Wait. <laughs> I know we're getting, it's going to be, but Lisa, we had some great worship nights out there. I didn't get to say goodbye to the barn. I don't know that that's a thing, but what? <laughs> right? And, and literally, it was by the grace of God and my wife that I knew that there was not an 830 service this morning. I was, anybody been there, you, you've been proven wrong by your wife, husbands, every husband, raise your hand, please, don't get me, <laughs> Listen. Right? You've been proven. And, and wives, you just got this thing where you know things. Women, women, I love you. You just know things. And I'm like, well, I ride past that church all the time. I talk to Pete Josh. It's, it's three services, I'm sure. Well, literally said, no, it says two, 9, 30, and 11. And I was going to be here at eight thirty, 30, irregardless, ready to preach. But yet, in the simplicity of it all, I found out I get a little extra sleep. Good job. But reminding ourselves that in, in the simplicity, in the brokenness, God is there. We can never lose sight on that as believers. In the simplicity and in the brokenness, the blessing is there. And if you remember that sermon series back in in January, I talked through the book of Job. You go back and listen to it. It's one of my favorites just from the word. I love reading the book of Job. And what we can't get caught up in is the blessing, okay? Don't get caught in the blessing. The blessing was a wonderful thing, but Job's faithfulness is what we are focusing on. Does that make sense? And in this story of Jacob and Esau, I love it, and I think during this service, uh, uh, two of my students that I had in youth groups some years back are actually watching. So, hi Dale, hi Alan, how you doing? Um, What's interesting about this is this story in Genesis 27 is about twins. Anybody know a set of twins? I know. Are you a twin, Miss Lisa? No, I have twins. That's right. Oh my gosh! ADD moment. ADD moment. Okay, Miss Lisa. ADD. That was a total ADD moment because I know your girls. They're going to be like, I can't believe he said. No, with twins, right? I can't believe that just happened. With twins, it's so interesting how dramatically similar they are, but how dramatically different they are. I mean, even in likes and dislikes, and these set of twins that I had in youth group uh, both played for Utica football. I mean, they were big guys, right? But they couldn't have been any more different. And in this story in Genesis 27, we're talking about blessing found in the broken pieces. You see these two twins, two, normally two, yeah, Jacob and Esau. They could have been no more different than anybody else. So I'm just going to kind of paraphrase through Genesis chapter 27, 1 through 46, just so you get the gist of the story because it's a lot, a lot of scripture. But in this story, we pick up Jacob, who was essentially a mama's boy. No disrespect because I'm a mama's boy too. That's all right right he hung around with his mom you know he he didn't go out and do the stuff with his dad like his older brother or his brother older brother did esau and esau was the manly man right he went out he was hunting he was doing all that stuff so you get to this story in previous chapters where there's this birthright that both men want and in fact jacob goes through extraordinary measures to steal the birthright from his brother esau this was very, very important. Not only did he do that, he actually had the help of his mom. So that's a whole other story right there. That always just came. I of like, wow, mom was a savage. Wow. Where did that come from? So they stole the birthright, right? And you get to this moment where Esau, and it's right around uh, verse 19, or where Jacob uh, said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. He actually lies because Jacob's very name means what? Deceiver. His very name means deceive. How could you walk around with a name like Deceiver? I'd be like, oh, oh, okay. You stay over there. I don't know if I want to talk to you. But he goes and he pretends that he is his brother so that he can get the birthright. Isaac, his dad, was old and you know he he felt it's funny because the story goes he felt his arm and his arm was hairy like Esau's was, but what Jacob did was he put some animal skin so it felt for that is some length to go, right? That that's some like talk show like reality show kind of story stuff like that. It's amazing. So you get to this story, and it's interesting that in all that brokenness, God is going to shine through. So Esau eventually comes back to his dad and says, okay, you gave my brother the birthright, but don't you have anything for me? Don't we do that sometimes? Or oh, the God's like, well, God, this person has this, or this situation is what they're dealing with. But what about me, God, if we're honest with ourselves? Jacob, Isaac looked at him and said, you know, I gave your, your brother the birthright. And it, from chapter 27 all the way to where we get to in chapter 32, Jacob runs. He gets as far away from his brother Esau because he knows it's going down. That means there's going to be a fight. He's going to die. So he goes and he lives his life. But all the while, that brokenness is still there. Have you ever had a situation in your life where God just showed up and you didn't, you didn't expect it? Anybody? Right, go. It should be everybody. You had a situation where you were like, "Okay, God, I, I, I didn't think that was going to happen." Well, I honestly had a miracle happen uh, at one of the schools I was at. You guys are like our high schools and middle schools need miracles, absolutely. Yeah. I, at one of the schools I was so with Youth through Christ as Macomb Director, I serve sixteen schools in the Macomb County area. So the way I always tell people, from I ninety four all the way to Rochester, and from M fifty nine all the way to I sixty nine, if it's a middle school or high school, we open up what are called Christian clubs in the school to kind of link them with churches so for instance for our church here for evident church you guys are linked with lance cruz schools and anchor bay schools okay makes sense in chippewa valley school i should say and you've been piloting with helping to open those schools well at merit academy where my son goes to school it's like a wednesday and i said you know what wouldn't it be awesome? It was it, it, oh sorry it was Tuesday because it was really hot. That really had like 90 degree day we had. I said, wouldn't it be awesome? They're doing the senior shout-outs and it's a small school. I'll take some popsicles up. I'll go get some of those, those freeze pops like we used to eat. Now I ate two of them on the way after I froze them, but that's okay. So I got to Kroger, my wife was like, take the Kroger card. I'd never used a Kroger card. I know, pray for me. Y'all. I got there, it takes money off, and it gives you gas. I, I know, pray for me. I don't even know. So I get there with the Kroger card and I'm like, oh, a dollar twenty-nine for these? Instead of 219, okay, well, I I bought like 10 things of them because I said, as a youth pastor, I'm going to use them eventually. So I threw them in my freezer at my office uh, because my office is at a church. Now I threw them in the freezer at home, just took over everything, whatever. So I put them all in this big bin. I said, okay, they got 30 graduating seniors. Okay, I'll just take them all out there, and if there's a few random kids, we'll give them there. I'll put them back in the freezer. Well, I get there. Did I say it was 90 degrees? Yeah, it was. Well, the whole school is out there for this whole <laughs> commencement thing. And the principal comes up to me, you know, him and I have a great relationship. He says, hey, um, you got enough popsicles for everybody? And I'm like, well, what does everybody mean? Everybody? He said, yeah, everybody, parents and everybody. I said, yeah, I think so. You know, because it was in the moment I want to do my justice, right? So we got to, since we start clipping, I'm like, oh, my gosh, please, Lord, don't let me run out of popsicles. Don't let me have that one little kid that don't get a popsicle, and then he's in therapy and remembers it the rest of his life. You know what I'm saying? Don't let that happen, Lord. And literally, it was like the miracle of the fishes and the loaves. Co- we had, to the last person, exactly the amount of popsicles we need. I'm like, are you kidding? That doesn't ha- I can't count. That doesn't happen. But when God shows up, things happen, right? When God shows up, things start moving. And amidst all that we've dealt with, amidst a man like Jacob dealt with, if he had realized that God was getting ready to move in a mighty way in him and his brother's relationship, it might have caused him to repair that relationship a lot sooner than he did. Think about that for a second. I, I got to admit, as they were cutting the popsicles, I was sitting there, I'm like, I, I was praying. I was like, Lord, maybe I could just run to the store. And then I'm like, okay, I can't do that. I got to freeze them. It's just not, there was no way around it. But literally, we had to the exact person, we had enough for everybody. Isn't that how God works? And that's just something as simple as popsicles. Don't you think he'll do the same with your life? Pastor Josh talked about what it means to be all in. Starting a sermon series next week that I'm really excited for. Think about that for a second. Are you ready to be all in? Are you all in? Because when you're all in, you give it all to God. I have a habit. I don't know about you guys. Of in certain situations, I want to figure it out. Anybody like that? Like, like, like you think, you, you, and it's not that you're trying to do it maliciously or, or, or maybe not even intentionally. It's like, well, you know, I've, I've dealt with something like this to, before. Let me figure it out. And God's like, I got this. I was here before you were born. I, I've got this. And there's some sense of just release to say, God, this is how I fight my battles, surrounded by you. I love that song. It, it ministers to me that I can run to God and say, God, this is everything. This is all that I have will you take it you see jacob was greedy he was a deceiver he he lied he cheated and yet and still god was going to do a miraculous thing in his life in chapter 33 we'll get there in a minute i want to give you guys three points this morning and then we're done first when it comes to the blessing and the brokenness write this down it's not just the blessing it's the process this is really hard i don't like processes I'm a, like, point A to point B person. I have people in my life, and I'm surrounded by a lot of people. Like, my wife is very detailed. Like it all kind of, I just want the beginning and the end, right? Anybody ever been like that? You start reading a book, you're like, well, let me just skip over and see how it is. I do that with movies. Like, I, I don't ever go to the movies with me. Trent, don't go to the movies with me, even if I ask you, right? Because if I've seen it, I will spoil the heck out of that movie. I mean, well, you know, you know what happens to him. Well, you know, it's a process. And in the same way, our relationship with God is a process. We are not who we're going to be. Think about that statement for a second. We're not who we're going to be yet. God is growing us. And if you think he hasn't grown you in the last 16 months, he has. We're all sitting here together, one church family. A few moments, we'll go out and resume our lives in various stages. But you have the level of impact that can change somebody's life. That process... And here's the thing, have you ever been in a situation where you were talking to somebody and they were going through something and it's maybe not the exact same, but very similar to what you've been through? It's almost eerie at times, right? You're talking to them and they, they're almost saying words that you maybe said to yourself. And it's like, man, if God can work in my life, surely he can work in theirs. And that's what we have to remind ourselves, that God is continuously at work. He doesn't, he's not just this far away person that stands off and watches us suffer. He's there with us. God with us. Anybody remember that? That's not just a Christmas time message. God is with us, the Emmanuel. And in that sense, we remind ourselves that we need him and we trust him and we love him. You know, I'm always reminded when Jesus uh, retreated to a solitary place, and I, and, and I experienced this when I had my 14 days kind of off to myself, you know, at home. When is the last time you had some alone time with God? You don't do well with that in our culture because everything is, gotta get to the next thing, right? When's the last time you had some alone time with God? I call it microwave faith versus crockpot faith. Come on, y'all, because some of y'all got it in the crockpot today. <laughs> microwave can get your food good, but there's nothing like walking into a house. Oh, I'm getting hungry already. And that crock pot been simmering since about 6 a.m. Y'all remember when grandma used to do that, right? And the whole house, done, it just permeates all around the house, right? There's something about that. I, I, my mouth started watering right there. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, think about that. And God is growing us to be the men and women, to be the students that he's called us to be. And it's a continuing learning process. Probably the most special moment uh, during that time that I spent by myself was spent with my six-year-old after cutting the grass I mean you know when you have kids wow you can make them cut the grass it's great having kids is great they get to an age like hey son go cut the no, grass he had it all zigzagged and all that for a six-year-old but I got out there and we, we, we I got there fixed it for him we sat on the couch and we were looking up in the sky and he he just starts getting in cool. he said so uh dad I said yeah He said so Jesus is up there right you know i said well jesus is everywhere but okay he's up there and me mom my mom and and, and grandpa they're up there i said yeah yeah they're with jesus and then it got kind of kind of crazy then he goes so when are you going up there and i was like well wait a minute what are you trying to say? but but he he really was in inqu- he was like when are you going up there i'm like are you you know you up the insurance policy what's going on but, but, but he was really inquisitive because there was a, a bit of fear there. Like, well, dad, are you going to have to leave and go up there just like your mom and dad? You see what I'm saying? And we began to talk about faith. And it was really a special moment. I thought to myself, otherwise having to slow down, would him and I have had that moment? I hope we would have. But, man, we got to cherish those moments. And anybody who's a parent and has got a teenager or a young adult, you know what I'm talking about, right? Cherish those moments. Always. Because I I never thought I'd hear myself say, he's grown up so fast, and he's still growing. I'm like, "Who?" he walked by the other day. I was like, who is that? Like, where's my little guy that used to toddle in the room? But reminding ourselves that it's a process, and we're still growing. And I've joked with students, you know, one day, Lord willing, they're going to sit in our shoes as adults, and they're going to tell their kids about how awful the quarantine and COVID was, and their kids aren't going to believe them right? You didn't have to wear a mask everywhere. Mom and dad just exaggerating again. But you lived it. And it's a difference when you live something. Catch that. When you live something and you've seen God's process at work. Now, that's not to discount that God doesn't do things miraculously. We see that in scripture all the time, right? Absolutely. And I love it when he does that. But when I'm going through something, I often pray, okay, God, whatever it is, teach me. And teach me quick. Because <laughs> I'm teach me right anyway and that's not that's not a, a dangerous prayer that's just saying god whatever it is teach me and teach me quick if it happens to be a long prop, if it happens to be a long process then so be it as followers of christ we're called to have that compassion you can look this up later acts chapter 2 verses 42 through 47 look it up later talks about the early church and how they dealt with the process right acts chapter 2 verses 42 through 47 write that down Read it. it's so good because the early church you know what they did they said okay We'll be servants. There's a novel idea, they, they could have did anything. Go out. No, we're gonna be servants to all. As evident church, can we be servants to our kids, servants to our inner family, servants to each other? One of the, the coolest parts I love coming to church here is before, in between services and right after service, where everybody's just talking. There's something about a community of believers that get together that are serving one risen savior. Think about that for a second. Are you all in for that? Second point, you can write this down. Be watchful and look. Anybody in the room got tunnel vision a lot? Like, were you just kind of see this much? I'm not really... Yeah, I know. I, we'll pray together afterwards. I, it's just tragic. It really is. I, I'm not good with details. I said that earlier. I like... Okay, beginning... End, but a lot of times, the details do matter as much as we don't want to admit it. The details are very important because then, especially when it deals with people, we get the sense of how people are. As I said, those two twins that were in my youth group couldn't be far different than they are. They're now young adults raising their own families. And it's interesting to me because as I look back on those years, the, as different as they were, they loved the Lord. See how that brings together? As different as we can be, that commonality of Jesus Christ, but being watchful and looking watchful for situations watchful for times where we can speak life into somebody I've tried that I know it gets hard especially hard between a mask you ever know and I'm taking pictures why do we do this? we'll have a mask on and take a picture and we smile have you guys noticed or maybe it's just me I'm like grinning I'm like you can't see anything and it's been hard because, you know, you can't relate. And, and God willing, we'll have that time where we won't, when he said they're mandatory, I saw all, I, look, I was sitting over here, I looked at all your faces and everybody's eyebrows went up. I was like, wait a minute, we're not going in reverse. Let's go forward, right? And you know again, just that comfortability. If you're comfortable, that's great. But isn't it wonderful to just see faces? And, and God willing, we'll get there again, God willing. But we have to be watchful and look for those moments where we can talk to and speak life into each other. Because there's a world out there right now that's looking for nothing more than a tear down. Guys, I gotta tell you, this last year has been, it's been fascinating being a youth pastor working with students in schools when you're not allowed to meet at schools. It, it's been hard, it's been very difficult. And God has, has really, and I'll talk about at the end of the message, just how God has shown up in some mighty ways, but God's really worked on my heart because there's students who have been coming because we've been meeting off-site that never really engaged when we were at school, but now they, 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 they just wanted something to do. And when I said earlier, this can be our finest hour, if we're watchful and we look, we can see the blessing coming. I want you to flip over just a couple of chapters to chapter 33, verse 4. I want to read that. So all the context of Jacob and Esau, all the bitterness, Jacob takes off with the rest of his life. I highlighted this in my Bible. You should in yours. But J, or, uh, Genesis chapter 33, verse 4 reads this so. But Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck and kissed him, and they wept. Isn't it wonderful when God shows up? You see, Jacob was so distressed, and you can read back in chapter 32 and then 33 verses 1 through 3, he actually knew that Esau was coming because some of his people told him that. And he sent his wife off this way with some kids, sent other people off there, because he thought it was going to be a massacre and he's going to die. And yet we get to verse 4, and Esau ran to meet him. Think about that. Sometimes the situations, many times the situations we deal with are not as critical as we think they are. God wants to use that. And I often think as I read this story, all the things that Jacob endured and, and, and just in fear of the brokenness that he was leaving behind. What if he'd addressed that far sooner? What if he'd have said, you know what, I I, I gotta heal this woman? And again, I don't know everybody's situation. But think about that. What if we were to say, you know what, God, I got this situation in my life, I need to deal with it now. And it takes baby stuff. I just said it in the first point, it's a process. But whether it's a text or a call or just like, like talking to somebody and saying, you know what, I don't know how I was in this situation. And maybe I came across wrong, but I apologize and leave it there because then it's up to them. You follow what I'm saying? In the brokenness, we can find a blessing. I was washing the dishes this one time, one of the rare times I do it. I like the dishwasher. I just hated washing dishes as a kid. Dishwasher is much better for me. But I, I'm a, as many of you know, I'm a fan of the North Carolina Tar Heels. That's that that my college team, college basketball. If you want to talk about it later, we could talk hours. I, just my team. I love it. And I have this glass, and this glass got UNC right on. It's my favorite glass. And I, I was actually washing the dishes. got slippery. It dropped it, and it broke. I know. I cried for no, I didn't. <laughs> Amazon's a good thing, just saying. <laughs> so I, it broke, and I, I just remember staring at all these broken pieces. If you know anything about broken glass, you know, I got a towel, cleaned it up because I didn't want to cut myself or anything. But literally, even after I cleaned it and I wiped, there were still a few more shards of broken glass. Isn't it amazing that even in my humanness, I couldn't get it all, but God can. God can take the brokenness in our life and totally put it back together. And some of you have those stories, those stories of when you were broken, those stories of situations you never saw your way out of, and God got you through. And he's still getting you through. Think about that for a second. Be watchful and look. Be watchful and say, God, I need more of you. Be watchful and allow God to do what he does so well, and that is guide and keep us. So how do we prepare for this? How, how can we be more like Jacob was in chapter 33, 4 and less like he was in chapter 27? The last point, you can write this down. He will provide what you need for his glory. I give glory to God. This shell of a person that stands before you, I'm not in and of myself able to do anything without the power of God. Without. Without the power of God, I'm not able to to even talk. And we give honor to him. He will provide what you need. Stop worrying. I I, I think it must have been interesting that Jacob worried for nothing. His brother, and literally, if you go on uh, 33, 5, and 6, he, Esau's asking, oh, is this your, are these your kids? Is this your family? He's, like, trying to get to know him. And here's the thing, and I didn't say this first service, but if you're at home, receive this. What was God doing in Esau's life? Think about I, I did, it. Just, it kind of just, like, lightning bolt right now. Yes, God was working in Jacob's life, and we get the backstory. But God was doing something in Esau's life, too, in that time that Jacob was estranged from his brother. He will do something in our lives, no matter what we're dealing with, no matter what situations we come in contact with, finding the blessing in the broken pieces, saying to God, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you no matter what. God, I'm going I'm to rely on you no matter what the past tells me. I'm going to look forward to what's ahead. As I said earlier, when I rode in and I saw the, the barn was gone, I was kind of like, oh, it made me kind of sad. But then I said, man, just think of the people who are going to be worshiping God that I've not met yet when we have the new edition. I always say as I go on my travels for Youth for Christ, Evident Church is the easiest church to describe what I'm talking about in the community. It's great. I'm like, it's the asterisk. Yeah, that church. And then most people say, oh, it's green. And it's interesting, the other day I was talking to somebody and they said, oh, there's a lot going on over there because they saw all the, the, the demolition. Yeah, isn't that funny? And I use that as a talking point. God is moving. Not just here, but the church is in our area and now is our finest hour. You want to invite somebody to church, now's the time to do it. Why? We've been... Caged up for 15 months. And, and God forbid, if we have food too, not that I'm doing that as a commercial. P. Josh, I wasn't doing that as a commercial, but if it is, it is, right? You, have, you feed them too, or you take them out to lunch afterwards. It's the way we said it. And think about that. Think about that coworker you work with and you're like, they'd never come with me to church. Try them. They got kids, Say we got a great kids ministry. We got a great youth ministry. Try them. See what happens. And if you fail, you didn't really fail. Why? Because God's got this. We just said it earlier. We trust the process, right? We trust that God is going to do what he needs to do in his time, not our time. Bottom line. And I know you guys get it. These are very simple points. But knowing that God will provide. I never thought I'd have a a modern-day miracle at a school with popsicles. I know that's the weirdest example, but it happened to me. And I rejoiced thinking I was like, wow, God, that, that must have been what it felt like for those disciples. I've read that story, preached that story time and time again, but then I felt it that day. One of the things that you all are instrumental in, and allowing us to reach by 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 your financial support allowing us to reach out to our schools in our area and i said earlier you know how difficult it's been um reaching out because we can't be on school campuses for the most part but god has still showed up and we've been meeting off-site at various school systems and um, i actually had this interesting i I come up with the craziest ideas okay it's a youth pastor thing right miss lizzie i said you know what if what if i were to um get Two different school systems together. Many of you know we have uh, Dakota and Seneca. Dakota High School is the biggest school in the state, which is so odd. It's like right in the middle of Macomb County. I said, What if we did the biggest school versus the biggest school district, Utica Community Schools? Because Utica's got like 180,000 middle schools and high, it's just too many. So we found a location in Central Macomb, and I said, We're gonna do, we're gonna get as many students from Youth for Christ or they know about Youth for Christ to come, and we're gonna have Utica Community Schools versus Chippewa Valley Schools. And we're just going to do a day of games, because I, I come up with all the gross games and, and all the fun games, and we play basketball and stuff. And we had 40 kids come. Like four, and half, I'm looking, I'm like, where did they come from? I don't know half of these people. And it wasn't a Jason thing, it was a God thing. And it was so weird, because they were all very awkward with each other, because you know, they're like, oh, you're from Dakota, or you're from Chippewa. Or, and we, we had four students from Chippewa Valley, and we're not even in that school yet. We're coming in 2022, though. But, but it was just interesting when we lay it down and we say, okay, God, I want you to move amidst the brokenness. And there were students we were able to have contact and give Bibles to that otherwise we wouldn't have been able to if things had operated like normal, like normal, right? Got to be careful with that word. So this last Sunday, um, I live just a little north of here in New Haven, and uh, New Haven Schools is one of the schools that we service, and um, normally I'm not able to get, they were meeting on Sundays, 4 to 5.30, which was an odd time, I know, because family time, but we had 15 students showing up, and these were just students from, like, the surrounding area, and I got there, and normally I'm not able to get to that club because we have adult coaches that go there and, 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 you know, lead the Bible lesson and stuff. Well, the kids were out playing basketball, and I I sat down, and I was watching them, and, and I mean... Like, literally, they were swearing every other word. And, and the, all the adulthood in me creeped up, and I was going to squash it. And I said, no, I'm not, because they don't know me, and I haven't established that relationship yet. So, Because so, you could tell they were swearing, and they'd look at me, see what I was going to say, right? Because they knew I was a pastor. And I didn't. I didn't address it. Well, you know, they were playing basketball, and it was kind of like when I grew up in Detroit, like they had a crate and a backboard. And I'm like, oh, my, it took me back. took me back some years with that one. And they're playing basketball, and so Barry, who's the adult coach for YFC there, I, said, I leaned into him and I said, so in the shed, do you just lock the basketballs up, or are those your best?" He said, no, they just put them back in the shed. I'm like, really? They, like, do you lock it? Right? My mentality, right? He said, no, they, when, we're, when we get ready to go in, they put it in there. I said, okay. I said, well, 15, well, they, they like just play basketball and go home. He said, no, they all come in. i like, really? Again, my flesh, right? I was like, that happens? So literally, I watched it happen. They went in, and he gave the Bible lesson about 15, 20 minutes, told them about what was going on in local churches in the area, and that was it. And I thought to myself, that just happened. There was no hook. There was no popsicles, not that that's a bad thing, but all there was was the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it worked. And my heart, I got in the car, and I cried. My heart just ached for those kids because they remind me of the kids I grew up with. You know what I'm talking about? And I was like, man, they need Jesus too. We got to do more and we got to do more. How do we do more? Men and women like you saying, you know what? If I can't do anything else, I will pray, which is the most important thing, by the way, right? I want to show you two pictures real quick. I'm going to invite the worship team up just as we close. I know these topics were very simple. And and the first one, you go ahead and show that first one. Um, We had the idea for a worship night. Now, Jason can't sing. You don't want me to sing, make a joyful noise. I try to get close there. And I put a call out to some students from different schools. A couple of our evidence students are out there. And we had a night of worship. Well, we were right in the middle of like just a hard, hard-nosed hard quarantine, right? And we could, I couldn't invite anybody, which you know was hard for me, right? I couldn't invite students. I couldn't put it on mind. I couldn't do anything. So I'm thinking, you know what? We'll get 10 or 11 students show up. I looked out the window. Sarah was there. Some of you, some of you guys, Lisa, you were there. And there was... 65, I think the final count was 85 altogether, but we had 70 students total. I didn't do the a, a thing to invite them, and I was like, yay, God. That was them telling each other, and it was just, rightly, it was just worship, just like we do here. And many of them were students. That never even, one student, his name is Sean. He'd never walked into a church before. He'd never been into a church before. I looked at him. I said, not for a wedding or a funeral? No, no. My parents had a bad experience at church and, and they just never took me. But he came in. Why? Because his friend invited him. Why did that friend come? Because that friend invited him. This is what it's about. When we look at the brokenness and say, you know what, there's a blessing. The other picture is a picture of the class of 2021. Many students from our area and some adult pastors and leaders that got together and said, you know what? These kids have had a hard year. Can we just have a dinner and throw in some music? Again, heart of quarantine. Could I invite anybody? Not really. But they did. And we got together and they, they didn't want to go home. They were, they, they, they were like, we, I didn't know we could dance at church. Dance it up. We had games. We had food. Again, in the brokenness, there's a blessing. So what about your life? And that's a testament to God movie, not a testament to anything Jason or Youth for Christ does. It's a testament to God. It goes back to him. He will provide what we need. Are you willing to trust the process? And are you willing to say, God, I give it all to you? I want to thank you because it's an honor to throw these seeds out to you. And my prayer is as you go home today, you'll think on these things. You'll maybe be skimming your Bible and just scroll over to Acts chapter 2 and start reading verses 42 to 47 and seeing what the early church did. They didn't have a, a corner on this. You know what they did? They had obedience. They said, okay, this is what God wants us to do. And in obedience, what is Evident Church doing? We're getting ready to build a facility that's going to reach, I want to say, millions. Maybe that's God putting that on my heart. Okay, God, millions. That wasn't a Jason thing. That wasn't in my notes. You think with, the, with social media and with all that we have to offer, let's be obedient to what God would have us do. Make sense? I'm going to pray in just a few moments. we're going to sing this song. And, and after I, once I say amen, if you'd stand. But this song talks about running to the Father i got to tell you, I've had moments in my life as a son, and I watch my little son, whenever he's able to run to me, he will. He just started T-ball a couple of weeks ago. Y'all pray for me because I tried to be the first base coach, and it just got a little too competitive for daddy. Too much, too much. And and he actually got a hit on that little tee as a six-year-old. And I'm at first base jumping up and down. You better believe when I got back and I sat down, the first thing he did is came over to me, gave me a hug. Gave his mom a hug. Didn't really matter what other people thought. It mattered what his dad thought. It mattered what his mom thought. Doesn't really matter what other people think about you. It matters what he does. Think about that for a second. Let God allow you to find a blessing in the brokenness of this world. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you that we can run to you. Many of us would say, you know what? There's some things in my life I've been carrying a long time, kind of like Jacob. I've been carrying this burden. I've been carrying this situation for a long time. I've been carrying this hurt. Your word tells us, give it to me. Your word says, you know what? I love you so much. I don't want you to carry that by yourself. A blessing in the broken pieces. Whatever that is, Lord, I light on it. Help us not only to look in our lives, but those around us and say, you know, I just want to help. Can I help? Can, can we, can we, can we, we, can, we can get out now? We go out to eat. We go off, can we go out for a coffee and just, just talk about it? Whatever it is, Lord, do it. For those that are at home, Lord, I pray that even as they're joining us in prayer, if there's some brokenness in their lives, that they would acknowledge it. And be able to move forward towards you, giving it to you, running, full tilt, and saying, "God, it's yours. I don't want it anymore. Do it, Lord. In Your name, Your name we pray. In God's people say, Amen. Would you stand with us as we?"